Hello and welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. So today I want to revisit a topic from nearly 40 episodes ago. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, back on episode 38, I told you and the listeners about America's first female detective. <gasps> yes. And the startup of the Pinkerton National Detective Agency. Mm-hmm. When we last left Pinkerton, he, with the help of Kate Warren, had just snuck Abraham Lincoln through Baltimore, mm-hmm. where there are plans to have him assassinated. Yes. They got him through, having escorted Lincoln safely to his inauguration. Pinkerton found himself in the good graces of the federal government. Understandably so. Yeah. So in 1871, the Department of Justice contracted Pinkerton to find and prosecute people who violated federal law. Okay. And this was sort of the um, the beginnings of the Secret Service. Oh, wow. Okay. I never really thought about that. That's neat. Yeah. But they but they weren't um, they were just contracted. Sure. They weren't like um, they weren't re- the real Secret Service yet. Right. Now at this point, Pinkerton had offices all across the U.S. and they were busy, but the most dangerous work was out west. Sure. Railroads hired Pinkerton agents to keep their trains safe from bandits in the lawless land. Jesse James, boys. But there was another problem that these business tycoons are facing, and Pinkerton was down to help them with that problem as well. Union busting and strike busting. Great. And this type of work would go on to define the private eyes and the public eye. But because those stories are going to take longer to flesh out, we're going to cover them in a third Pinkerton episode. Oh, my God. I only mention it because the timeline of these events sort of overlap each other. Okay. And I didn't want people thinking we're going to be talking about one thing. We're going to skip past chronologically where other things would happen. Sure. Um, So this is not a linear discussion of the history of the Pinkerton Detective Agency. We'll come back to the Molly Maguires later. Okay. As I said earlier, in the mid-1800s, Pinkerton were primarily private investigators and security for hire. Mm -hmm. They were used by railroads. Um, in the Wild West, they were finding specific trouble coming from um, some gangs. Yes. Including the James Younger game led by Jesse James. Hey! Yeah. And the Wild Bunch. Oh, my God. <laughs> led by Butch Cassidy. Yes. Now, all these people have an aura of a folk hero around them, right? For sure. But let's set the record straight from the outset. Before we get into it, Jesse James and his gang were not good guys. No, 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 no. Although, you may remember, that was John Dillinger's hero. Yes. (laughs) But when you know about Jesse James, it doesn't come across as very good. No. Because they started their criminal careers during the Civil War Mm -hmm. on the side of the Confederacy. Right. And they joined a guerrilla group of bushwhackers led by the infamous bloody bill anderson what a name though and this guy was sadistic in 1864 his group captured a train full of union soldiers and civilians and they murdered everyone on the train what the fuck and scalped them ew this was a common thing they did sure it's referred to as um uh the centralia massacre 
and is not the only incident of reckless murder and destruction caused by a bloody bill. Yeah. After the war ended, most of these fighters accepted their fate, the outcome of the war, but others couldn't lie down and accept defeat. (laughs) Clearly, that's still happening. Yeah, so gangs started to form out of discontent and victimization. Right. So Jesse James and his brother Frank lashed out in this way. Mm -hmm. On February 13th, 1866, the first bank robbery since the end of the Civil War occurred in Liberty, Missouri. And it's believed to also be Jesse's first robbery. Oh, wow. They made off with about $60,000. Then in 1869, Jesse and his brother Frank entered the Davies County Savings Association in Gallatin, Missouri. Mm -hmm. The other two people there were the clerk of the bank and a lawyer. Jesse asked the cashier for change. And while he was distracted, he pulled out a gun shot the man in the head. Oh, my God. Then shot the lawyer in the arm as he was escaping. So, very violent. Yikes. And they and uh, I think Jesse, it might have been Frank, grabbed a portfolio before booking it out of there. Mm-hmm. And apparently, their target had not been the cash. They had been informed somehow that the clerk was that they had just killed mm-hmm. was the same man that had killed bloody bill anderson years later oh so they were out for revenge right but it wasn't Uh uh-oh it was the wrong guy oh no and to make matters worse the portfolio they grabbed was just useless bank documents there was no cash so great the whole thing was a bust nailing it but i just wanted to include it because it really highlights how different someone like jesse james was to someone like john dillinger right yeah but jesse james definitely wanted to be seen as a hero His (laughs) His <laughs> robberies would become more loud and bombastic. I feel like step one to become a hero, don't scalp people. That's a good way, but they weren't doing this anymore. Okay. They weren't like mutilize, you know, mutilizing the bodies or anything. Oh, so he has completed step one. Great. Okay, proceed. Perhaps. But, but I, I think when you're talking about John Dillinger's hero, right. it really comes out of this part where it's like he's, he's, um, he's being very bold and bombastic and gloating and being loud and wanting the attention and getting Mm. people to know who he is. This is like the Jesse James people remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he even left his own press releases (laughs) behind at his robberies. And now part part of why this worked so well was because he had a sympathizer in the media. Mm. John Edwards was a pro-Confederate journalist Hmm. and he started the Kansas City Times and he liked Jesse James. Okay. And he would portray the gang as a group of modern day Robin Hood and his merry men. <sighs> right. And he did this. He did this in the paper. Mm-hmm. And as heroes against the tyrannical Union and all this stuff. Sure. So it really, it really created the folklore of Jesse James. Yeah. In, in the media, and the media blitz worked because we we have half of our recollection of jesse james is this sort of folk hero Mm -hmm. um the other half is is not yeah well our story picks up in 1871 when jesse's gang hits a bank in uh croydon iowa i think it is pronounced it turns out it would be a pretty small hall but this might have been the first robbery where they were showing off to the crowd that had assembled boasting about themselves (laughs) and showing off like what i was talking about before this might be the, the first time they did this 
So the bank reached out to Pinkerton mm. to track down the bandits. Agent Robert Pinkerton was sent. And his name is not a coincidence. He was the son of Alan Pinkerton. Wow. Okay. It seems that Jesse, or sorry, it seems that Alan was aware of Jesse James and the high profile gangs in the area. And he wanted to show a strong hand mm -hmm. against him. So he sent his son oh. to go check it out. So Robert and the sheriff got to work and tracked the gang back to Missouri. But unfortunately, Robert was not able to apprehend them and was wounded by a gunshot during the pursuit. And Jesse probably sensing trouble coming from them because now Pinkerton was involved. Right. He made the bold choice to write a letter to the editor. And it was published in the Kansas City Times. Sure. Stating that he was being persecuted. <laughs> he was innocent. <laughs> it was those damn dirty Republicans that were trying to, um, they were trying to, you know, pull down the Confederates and then people who are sym sympathetic to that and, and that he was an innocent man just caught up. And meanwhile, John Edwards, who was working at a different paper at the time, he writes a whopping 20-page piece glorifying Jesse James as a hero. Now, how the hell are you getting 20 pages of, of space in a newspaper? That is wild. Can yeah. you imagine? I really don't know how that worked. If, it was if, like his personal newspaper that he printed <laughs> in his home. That's nuts. If anyone knows a little bit more about that, I'd love to know because I don't. But, so weird. But they, they were definitely in cahoots with his media blitz. Mm -hmm. And I guess Jesse James knew how to do it. The gang continue, continued to rob and kill innocent unarmed people and make radical claims in the media about how they were stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. Mm. There's no evidence they were ever given to the poor. <laughs> right. Well, they're the poor. Uh-huh. All the while, Republicans were the real criminals against the people. In 1874, the James Younger gang committed one of the most famous robberies in the Old West. They halted a train by setting a fire on the tracks. When it came to a stop, they robbed the passengers and a safe. Now, the legend says they did not rob women or working men, and they determined this by checking their hands. Oh, right. I'm pretty skeptical right. of that part, but... They made off with the equivalent of about $280,000 in today's money. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, the Adams Express Company, which owned the safe, hired Pinkerton to track down the thieves again. So they were at it again. This time, Pinkerton set out agent uh, Joseph Witcher. However, on March 11th of that year, Witcher's body was found on a rural road, dead, by gunshots, and half-eaten by wild hogs. Oh, my. Bad scene. Yeah. Ew. Pinkerton agents uh, John Boyle and Lewis Lull, along with the sheriff, uh, continued to track the gang until they crossed paths with John and Jim Younger. Okay. The uh, titular characters from the Younger James gang. Yeah. Uh, the Youngers immediately attacked the agents. <laughs> so a, 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 a gun gun a shootout right. immediately broke out. And the the sheriff was killed almost immediately. And um, Lowell was wounded. Mm. But Lowell managed to kill John. And Boyle and Jim escaped the gunfight unscathed. Lowell would shortly succumb to his wounds and die as well. And 
But the incident uh, marked a major turning point because Pinkerton had now lost three agents to the gang Uh-oh. and hadn't caught them. Uh-oh. So things were starting to get a little bad. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing, not just for Pinkerton, but for um, the government. Sure. Like you can't, you can't catch these folks. Yeah. You can't catch the, these these criminals. Yeah. You're useless. So Pinkerton began to take it a little bit personally. Like I'm going to get these guys, and they're going to pay for for all this. The eagerness led agents to James James's farm on the night of January 25th, 1875, where they thought Jesse and Frank were hiding. Mm. At around midnight, agents surround the, surrounded the house and lobbed two flares inside. They were trying to illuminate the dark house and get an eye on who was inside. But then something unexpected happened. A loud explosion came from the house Uh-oh. from inside. And Pinkerton agents later said that the inhabitants threw the flares into a fireplace. Oh. Where they heated up in the coals mm-hmm. and exploded. Whoa. Well, the blast killed Jesse's eight-year-old half-brother, Archie Samuel. Oh, no. And blew the arm off his mother. <gasps> so that was bad. Yeah, that's real bad. And Way to go, Dick. I don't know if it's worse of all, but Jesse and Frank weren't there. Oh. Now, at first, Pinkerton denied their involvement. He would. But there was evidence that they had been there. So they later told that version of the story. Mm -hmm. In time, another version of the story had come to light via historians um, who found letters from Alan Pinkerton in the Library of Congress. Pinkerton said about the planned raid on the farmhouse, I hear that the Jameses and Youngers are desperate men and that when we meet, it must be death for one or both of us. There's no use in talking. They must die. Wow. Okay. Well. And then in another letter, when he's giving like the final instructions for the raid, he says, above everything, destroy the house. Let the men take no risks. Burn the house down. Jesus. So there it is. I mean, surely they knew that there were women and children in the house. I I, I, I would assume so. Oh, sick. But they were desperate, and uh, it seems that they—it seems that they were very desperate. But this attack made things considerably worse for everyone, probably everybody except Jesse James, right? Because he and his family were viewed with sympathy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that they killed a young boy. Yep. They maimed his mom. Yep. And Pinkerton and the and the state of Missouri had failed yet again. And this time in spectacular fashion. So much that Pinkerton ended his pursuit of the younger James gang entirely. Good. Because they weren't weren't getting it done. Yeah. So that's the end of the story for Pinkerton, but not for Jesse James. Certainly not. He continued to rob and proclaim his innocence at the same time. (laughs) Until an ill-fated robbery in Northfield, Minnesota, which would see two of the, his, the members of his gang shot and killed by armed citizens. Mm-hmm. And only Jesse and Frank managed to escape. They then laid low for about three years, and Frank retired. Jiminy. But Jesse started up again. But the world had changed in that time. Right. Interestingly, because Democrats 
had gained significant political power. Mm-hmm. If you recall, back then, Democrats were the uh, conservative. Yeah, it was flip-flopped. And Republican, yeah. So Democrats were gaining more power. The old wounds of the Confederacy had sort of healed a bit. Okay. And it wasn't just, he, he just wasn't getting the same sympathy and attention as before. Right. Then on April 3rd, 1882, Jesse is at home and he's looking at the mantle of his home. Mm-hmm. And behind him, the coward Robert Ford puts a bullet in the back of his head. Yes, he does. He's arrested and convicted of murder, but immediately pardoned by the governor. Yep. Because they had planned the assassination ahead of time in exchange for the pardon and a cash reward. Literally Judas. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. His mother, who survived losing her arm, would die in 1911 after charging tourists a quarter to take a pebble from her son's grave in their front yard. Weird. And that ends the story of Jesse James, pretty much. And the bumbling pursuit by the Pinkertons. Well, I will say Robert Ford went on to become basically a sideshow attraction. Yes. Which is so strange. So I will say most of my knowledge about this comes from the movie. Yeah. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, um, which was a really, it was a very well done movie, but it was so boring. <laughs> it just feels like it's six hours long. Yeah. But I, I did learn a lot. Not a lot happens. No. Um, not a lot happened in the Wild West. Well, that's certainly not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what about Butch Cassidy? Uh, and the Wild Bunch. See, now that's a good movie. That's a good ass movie. Yeah. I've seen that one a bunch of times. So Cassidy got started later around 1890 mm-hmm. in Colorado robbing banks. And among his Wild Bunch were some great names. Yeah. I'm going to try and get them, but I might mispronounce a couple and you can help me out I'm, with those. I'm so excited. William Ellsworth Lay, and his nickname was um, Elsie. Oh, cute. Then you got Ben Tall Texan Kilpatrick. <laughs> and I love that the names are like, some of them are descriptive. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's always fun. You got Harvey Kid Curry Logan. Okay. <laughs> and you got the most well-known, Harry mm-hmm. uh, Lonabaugh, the Sundance Kid. Yes. They really took off in 1896, hitting banks in Montana, South Dakota, Nevada, Utah, like all across the West. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Their base was Cassidy's Ranch, located at a place called Hole in the Wall, mm-hmm. which was a naturally fortified pass and just a great place for uh, bandits. The Wild Bunch would move on to robbing trains, and during one of these train heists, a sheriff was killed, Mm. so Pinkerton was hired to Uh investigate the murder, and they sent Tom Horn, who was um, described in my source as a killer for hire under Pinkerton employment. Whoa. That's interesting. I didn't get a chance to look too deep into that, but I found that to be very interesting. That is very interesting. Well, Tom worked with a Pinkerton agent named Charlie... Seringo and Seringo was able to become friends with a woman named Elfie Landusky who was carrying Kid Curry's brother's child. Uh oh. So it gets a little complicated. (laughs) Um, But through this friendship, Seringo was trying to infiltrate the gang. Right. 
but it seemed he wasn't able to get close enough to get a hold of them because their robberies continued Mm -hmm. and their antics were capturing the public interest. Kind of like Jesse James, but I think it was also because people were clamoring for this exciting stuff. Yeah. Papers were selling and people wanted to read about these exciting encounters, but Pinkerton was still trying to get a hold of them. In 1900, Cassidy posed for a picture with four other members of the Wild Bunch, and Pinkerton managed to obtain a copy. And this is the in, the uh, famous Fort Worth Five picture. Mm-hmm. It became a common sight because it was used on all their wanted posters. Right. And when you see it, because we're going to put it up on Instagram and everything, yes. when you see it, um, it's it's funny because it looks exactly like the uh the stereotypical shots like like the ones you get from uh like Gatlinburg right <laughs> I have a great one of my mom and my four aunts it's really <laughs> wonderful <laughs> yeah it looks ju- it looks just like that well over the following year they continued their robberies but more and more members of their gang were g- being killed and arrested mm-hmm. so they said in in 1901 they said you know what let's let's get out of dodge yeah so butch and so Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Yee. fled to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yes. Where they settled in a four-room cabin on 15,000 acres. Not bad if you can get it. No. They probably got it for a dime. I don't know. <laughs> You'd think they would lay low and be quiet and live a, a nice, quiet life. If I could get a 15,000-acre farm, y'all would never hear from me again. Yeah. I mean, you would, honey, and our kid, but like pretty much nobody else. <laughs> right, because they, they had escaped Pinkerton. They yeah. escaped the law. Oh, yeah. Good to go, right? Never. No. They continued to rob banks in South America. Yeah. God. <laughs> well, here's what happened. Two American bandits robbed a payroll courier and fled to a boarding house in a nearby mining town. Mm-hmm. The owner of the house was suspicious of them. So he contacted the law, which uh, contacted and got a hold of the Bolivian Army Cavalry. Yeah. That evening, the house was surrounded by soldiers, police, and other officials to arrest the Americans um, when the suspected bandits opened fire and a gunfight ensued. Mm -hmm. During the following standoff at around 2 a.m., the soldiers heard a scream from inside the house, followed by a gunshot, and then another gunshot. When they entered the house the following morning, they found the two men dead. It's believed that one shot the other in the head and then shot themselves. Right. They, But the men were also found with other bullet holes. So they were probably injured. Right. Like, we can't, we can't get out of this. We're just got to put ourselves out of our misery. Right. However, the police were not able to identify the men. And the following year's DNA has been tested and has not provided a positive match when tested with Cassidy and Longabaugh's uh, living relatives. Mm-hmm. So it's thought that these were different bandits. Right. And the real Cassidy and Sundance Kid hid the rest of their lives in obscurity. 15,000 acre farm, brother. Like, you don't got to do nothing. Well, Cassidy's sister claims that he returned to the States. Mm-hmm. But just laid low. Right. But we don't know. But whatever happened, we do know that Pinkertons did not get their men. Suck it. Honestly. Mm. 
But that's why the movie has that ambiguous ending that it does. I don't have. I, actually, I, I actually have not seen it. Okay, I thought I was remembering that, and I was like trying to suppress that fact um, from myself <laughs> because I love it so much. So the end of the movie, they're like, you know, hold up in the house, like the army's surrounding them. There's this big shootout, and it ends with them deciding like we're just gonna go for it, and they start to like turn to run out, and the movie just ends. Like, you never see them actually run out towards the gunfire. It just kind of ends. They don't want to show them dying. Yeah. Because we don't actually know that they did. I mean, of course, they have died now, but (laughs) (laughs) at the time. Well, they surely survived because there was a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, too. The search for the pirate's treasure. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't see that one either. But that is the real story of... Some of the most infamous gangs and and uh, outlaws in the Wild West, and how Pinkerton tried and failed to catch them. Your girl loves a bank robber, so thank you for that. Absolutely, I'm very happy. And thank you for listening as well. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, we're on TikTok at Fantastic History Podcast and Instagram at Fantastic H Pod. And if you want to send us an email, we are fantastichistorypod at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and the other episodes we've done, I think we're on episode 77 now. Crikey. Um, why don't you leave a review and a rating? <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you? Come on. It's good. We're also on uh, YouTube now. Oh, that's right. Now, the con- now the video is not, it, 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 there's not really a lot of <laughs> visual aid yet yet but you can find all of them on youtube if that's more convenient for you and you've made some fun uh youtube shorts also yeah we're posting more content on tiktok and youtube shorts and instagram reels stories mm-hmm. and um we're, we're, we're trying to supplement the podcast with some additional stuff so you might see some stuff on there that you don't hear on here Pay attention to us, please. Please do. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.